Hey, this is Kyle Poppino. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages you and helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. This this message with the verse that we're preaching from. 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. It'll be on the screens for you. It says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas or old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. As we're entering week two of our Clouds and Dirt series, this morning we're going to talk about promises and discipline. See, it's funny, in this verse we see both represented. I dug and dug and dug for a verse this week for you guys to find one that would represent both promises of God and the discipline that it takes. So as you're grabbing your seat, um, we're going to dive in. Watch this video for a second. Our lives are filled with tension. We are to be a part of this world, but not look like it. We are the citizens of heaven, but make our home on the earth. We are supposed to be like Christ, but have a propensity towards sin. We have the hope of a future to come, but are called to work for God's kingdom here and now. Our heads can be in the clouds, dreaming and seeing a vision of what's to come, but our hands need to be working in the dirt. The clouds need the work of the dirt, but the dirt needs the hope of the clouds. Earth and sky, future and present, hope and work, clouds and dirt. Hey, real quick, I just want to say welcome to our online community. We are so grateful that you are here. Hey, will you guys help me welcome our online community? Think you're done learning about faith. 
And so he took me through faith again last year. But it, the first year was about, uh, it wasn't really about getting faith, it was about growing it. This last year was not knowing faith, but walking in it. So once you've grown that faith, once you've, once you've pulled that up from inside of you, you get to walk in it and live in that every day. So then in November, as I do every year, I begin to pray, God, what's my word for this coming year, for 2020? And I wrestled with a couple of different ones, but I really felt specifically the word discipline was what God was going to have me work on this year. Discipline, um, it's not about punishment. It's about progress. So I'm going to be disciplined this year in my routine during the day. I'm going to get up at a certain time. I'm going to be disciplined in my study of the Word. I'm going to be disciplined in what I eat. I'm going to be disciplined in what I do with people. I'm going to be disciplined across the board. It's something that God is really speaking to my heart. And luckily, this week lends itself very well to what I get to learn the entire year. Um, I'm trying to stay disciplined in my study of the Word. I want you guys to know that. I'm studying for you. I really, I don't take this lightly. This is something that God has put on my heart, but I have a responsibility every week to bring you a word from God. So last week we dove into seeking God's vision for your life and then the set of values that you're going to live by to see that come to pass. I want to know how many of you actually went home and like wrote out your values this week? If you didn't, I want to encourage you to do that. It's going to take a set of values to see God's vision in your life come to pass. See, He has great things in store for us. I really do believe that. But if we're not living by the set of values that He set up for us, it's not going to come. And I really want it to come. Did my mic just die? It did. Michael, can you come and grab this for me? Uh, beginning to end. 
And on the 27th year, he really felt like he was going to outline all of the promises that God gave in Scripture. And it took him over a year and a half to really decipher all of the different promises. And then he categorized them. But he found there's just under 9,000 promises that God made to his people. And I, I want to point out to you what I believe to be the three most important promises God ever gave us. Because, see, there's a ton of different promises that uh, he will bless you, he will protect you. But I believe that there are three. And this is not like, this is not Jesus said these are the most important three. This is Pastor Kyle saying these are the three that I relate with the most. He, he gave us salvation. He promised that he would save us. Then he said, I will always be with you. Then he said, I'll come again. So in James 5, uh, he says, uh, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest, dare I say, disciplined prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So when I think of salvation, there's, there's the actual initial, like, raising your hand, praying that prayer, whatever that looks like for you in your individual time or corporate time. But then there's actually this healing that God gives. So I'm going to rename those three promises. He brings healing from your past. This verse tells us, it says, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. So salvation comes through Christ, healing comes through community, which by the way is why we are so strong on being in a small group. You need to get involved in a small group. This is a great place with great energy on Sunday mornings, but you need some, some people around you that you can trust and go to when things get difficult. And you know they're going to pray with you. They're going to walk with you. They're going to do this because it says that the, the, the righteous prayer or the prayer of a righteous person is great. It's powerful. It produces wonderful results. How many here have something that they need prayer over? Yes. If you're raising your hands, you need to be in a small group. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it works. The next one, he's, he promised to be with us. He's here with us now. Hebrews 13, 5 says this. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Isn't that funny? When we, when we talk about the promises of God, we talk about the promises of God in, uh, I will never leave you or forsake you. It's this nice flowery sentiment. But it's also tied to your money. Because I think he knew that humans were always going to struggle with money problems. That's like a huge thing in our lives. And so he says, when things are tight, don't freak out. I'm going to be with you. When things aren't going your way, don't freak out. I'm going to be with you. And then he gives us a hope for a future. So you have healing from our past here with us now, hope for a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 says, For I know the plans that I have for you. That's that vision that we were talking about last week. Says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster. Praise God. Ooh. To give you a future and a hope. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. There's this hope for a future. There's this hope that he's coming back for us. There's this hope that we're not alone through this whole thing. So here's the best part. These, these three promises mixed with approximately 7,997 7, others. 
He backs them by all of the power, all of the glory, all of the honor in his own name. He self-insures every single promise. We find this in, in Psalms 138.2. Uh, David says, for your promises are backed by all of the honor in your name. How cool is it when you read something in Scripture, when you're doing your morning devotions, which, by the way, please, whether it's morning or afternoon, I really don't have a preference. Um, just find something that works for you and be disciplined in it. But when you read something in here and you're like, man, I wish that was the case. Guess what? It is the case. God's speaking to you directly. This is the primary way he speaks to his people. And not only did he speak to us, but then he goes ahead and self-insures his word with all the power in his name, which, by the way, is the name above every other name. is above the name of anxiety, cancer, death, Amen. Yeah. like financial instability. He's, he's powerful. This is, the, this is the name that rose Christ from the grave. Yes. He says that same power is in us. That's one of his promises. And it's backed by the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. You need to know the promises of God. Because if you and I were to sit down right now, and I was to ask you, what are some of the promises that God made? I actually did it with a couple of people this week. And you know what? I asked probably, let's say 10 people. And I would say there were probably only seven or eight different disciplines or different promises that God made that were named. That means we are leaving out almost 8,000 other promises that God made. And why do I say you need to know them? Because when things get difficult, you can encourage yourself. One of my favorite people in Scripture is, is King David. And there's this story. I won't drag you through the whole thing today. We'll get to it. I can't wait to preach it. But in 1 Samuel, David is coming back from a, a battle. And he's discouraged because his entire army is talking about stoning him. Like they're so sick. They came back and found all their houses burned. While they were out to war, somebody came and, and like blew the whole place up. And they're so discouraged. And it said they, they plotted to kill David. And David got alone. And 1 Samuel 30, verse 6 says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. David had spent enough time with God. He knew the promises of God. He knew them so well that he was able to preach them over himself. So when we go through seasons of, of frustration, seasons of anxiety and depression, uh, we're all going through something, right? Amen. I can't be the only one going through something. When we go through things, we get to speak these things over our lives. Yes. If we know them. But what if they like what if you don't know? Then they're just sitting here waiting to be discovered. The promises of God are something that are supposed to be life-giving. We get to call on them. But then you have this flip side, and this is this is the clouds and the dirt. So the promises of God, that's the clouds. What does God promise? What's he going to do? The dirt, what are you going to be busy doing? What are the disciplines that you have in your own life to make sure that these discipline or these, these, these promises don't just fall to the ground and mean nothing for us? Because it's good to know that I'll never leave you or forsake you. But we don't always feel that, do we? Now, please don't make any mistake about this. Your, your feelings should not inform your faith. Just because you don't feel God does not mean he's not there. On the flip side, your faith should inform your feelings. You should be able to speak to your own feelings and say, this is what I should be feeling because this is what God told me. Yes. And when God gives you a word, hang on to it. Like, 
I was talking to my brother this week. If God gave you a word, if he told you to do something, grab him by the collar and say, I'll do it, but you've got to make sure you come through. Like, what if we live with that dependence on God? But now, what are the disciplines that you're going to enact in your day-to-day life? See, I believe this. Um, there's, there's a lot of disciplines mentioned in Scripture. Like, a lot. In his book, Celebration of Discipline, this is one of my favorite books of all time, Richard Foster. If you, if you want a good book to read, pick this book up. Celebration of Discipline. It is a deep dive into multiple, I think there's ten different disciplines that he actually goes into. And it's, it's deep, it's heavy. It's like one chapter a week, one chapter every two or three weeks. To, to ruminate with, but he mentions um, timeless disciplines in the Christian walk, such as meditating, prayer, fasting, uh, study, simplicity, solitude, submission, service. There's a lot of S's in there. Sorry about that. Confession and worship. But then I would also add that there are disciplines that we all practice, such as Sabbath. What does it mean to rest? It's a discipline that we've lost as a, as a Western culture. We just go, 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 and go. Even, even this last week, I, I, I've been trying to practice this in my own life. Like I said, I'm trying to be more disciplined. Um, so am I getting ready in six days, everything that needs to be done, so that on the seventh day I can rest, I can relax, I can be with my family. And uh, it didn't go very well. Because there, it just seems like there's always this Constant, like your phone goes off. There's a little fire here you got to put out. There's there's homework to be done. There's kids to be fed. There's you know X Y Z. But I want to encourage you. Sabbath is one of the important ones for me. It's one of the ones I'm having to focus on right now because if you don't rest, if you don't take a Sabbath, eventually you will get to the point where you have to take all the Sabbaths all at one time. You'll get really sick. It's funny that God, from the beginning of time, just modeled this for us. We also do this thing called tithing, where we return 10% of everything that we make back to God. We give it to Him, because He gave it to us. But then some of us even practice giving on top of that. We practice gifts of generosity on top of that. Then you have fellowship. Being a part of a Sunday morning worship experience. Being a part of a small group. We also have forgiven. I was wrestling with this in my own heart this morning. I had to forgive somebody in my heart this morning who, who has just done, done something wrong. Over a year and a half ago. And I woke up wrestling with it. And I had to forgive that person this morning. And then I had to pray, God, will you forgive me for harboring any kind of resentment and frustration we also have living by the fruit of the Spirit. So you can see that these disciplines would take a long time. That's why the, the um, devotional fathers like Francis of Assisi, he was taking so long. His entire life was devoted to these practices. It was almost like nothing else mattered in his life. That these were the things that he was going to chase after. And what if we as a culture, what if we as a church began to enact these things in our own lives? It's good to know the promises of God. You need to know them. You need to be able to encourage yourself in the Lord. But I would say this. You also need to make sure that you're practicing these things. If you're not 
taking a Sabbath, you need to. If you're not tithing, you need to. And this is not a pastor getting up and saying, we need your money. It's not. It's actually me saying, you need his blessing in your life. You can't do it alone. Your discipline in the mundane moments will sustain the memorable ones. Your discipline in the morning when you get up and spend time with God might be a little awkward the first five minutes. I know for me, when I do my devotions in the morning, my, my head's a little uh, foggy. It's like, hey God, you gotta give me a second. Like, I'm not a big coffee drinker in the mornings all the time, but like, I woke up a few minutes ago, God. It's gonna be a minute. And then when I spend time with him and he does say things, he does speak things into my heart, I'm rejuvenated. I, I get to be uh, a part of what he's doing. And then guess what? Those are the memorable moments for me. The memorable moments for me over the last week were not me cleaning the house or, or even studying for this message. The memorable moments were meeting with people, speaking into their lives, hearing their stories the way that God has called me to. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Discipline is choosing what you want most. What's the outcome you want? Just think about that. We talked last week about the vision that God has for your life. But I would say this. There's also some things that we make as humans, like goals. What are your goals? You need to write those things down. And then how are you disciplining yourself to get there? Are you wanting to save for a house? Great. Are you going to go to Starbucks today? It, it's kind of this like micro-macro situation, right? You have the macro dream and the micro execution. Are you going to, to spend the, the $7 of Starbucks, the $12 of In-N-Out? Or are you going to put it away? Are you going to be disciplined in, in your different lifestyles? Hebrews 6, 1 through 3 says, So let us stop going over basic teachings about Christ again and again. Kind of like, he's calling us to grow up. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptism and laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, or eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to a further understanding. The only way you get to a further understanding is by disciplining yourself to get there. Now, I am not up here speaking from a place of seniority. I am up here who is, uh, as someone who is struggling through this with you. I don't like to get up and exercise. I don't like to spend alone time by myself making sure that my dreams are coming true. I don't like, there's just a whole lot I don't like, I'm being honest. <laughs> but guess what? You know what I really do like? I really do like when I tithe and I look at my bank account and I don't know what's up. Like, how are we going to pay this bill? And God comes through for me in a miraculous way. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I really do like? I really do like spending alone time with God so that when I am with someone who is going through something like a divorce, I can sit with that person and say, guess what? God still loves you. He cares for you. He's calling you to repentance. He's calling you into his will yet again. So I get to do that, and those are the things 
that bring me the most joy, that bring me the most life. But you're not going to get to that further understanding until you start with the disciplines. We want to create a culture in this church where we live by the values that we have set up. We talked about those last week. Lead with love. Expect the miraculous. Give extravagantly. Actively show compassion. Celebrate community and yield to the Holy Spirit. Expect the miraculous, though. If you knew the promises of God, it's a lot easier to expect the miraculous in your life. It's a lot easier to expect that God's going to show up, that God's going to move in the middle of some difficult times. We want to give extravagantly. And really quick, uh, this week we got to sit down with someone here in the church, and uh, we, we got to hear a really cool story. So uh, check this out on the screen. I have a big avocado tree out in our front yard. It's huge. It gives literally a thousand avocados. So I thought I'm gonna sh bring some avocados to church on Sunday for some other people. And my husband, when we, because he was gonna go to church with me that, that Sunday morning. So he, um, we're getting in the car and he wants to take a big, like, um, box of them. I'm like, no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. And so I get my bag, and then when I walk up to church, I see that there's a lot of produce and stuff, and I just started feeling bad, like, I should have let John bring the box of avocados. And I just was feeling so bad that I was in church, and I just kept thinking about that, and I was apologizing to God, like, why didn't I just, like, share? And so church was over and I went to go get the avocados for your mom. And she hands them out, she gets the bag and she's like, we're gonna hand them out. And I was so thankful because I feel that God heard my, my sadness and like it was gonna be okay. And I felt so happy that day that I just said, you know what? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna just pass out these avocados Monday morning. And I got in my car and I went to the um, homeless mission, or the mission, and I gave them a box, I went to the fire department, I went anywhere that I could give these avocados. And it just made me feel so good. And on my last stop to giving the avocados out that day, I went to the gas station to go get something, and there was a homeless man out there. And he was just standing there, he had a little hoodie over, his head, he was, he was a young kid. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I have $3, I'm gonna give him $3. So I walked out and I handed him $3. And he looked at me in the eyes and he said, thank you. And then I had some extra avocados and I thought, I'm just gonna be hungry. And so I looked at him and I said, do you like avocados? And he said, yeah, I like avocados. I'm like, cool, I go, hold on. So I went and got the avocados. And by this, at this time, I came back and he had taken his little hoodie off. And I was just so moved. And when he went to go get the avocados, he held his hands out like, like this. And it just, it just did something to me. It just was just so, just seeing his hands like that. I don't even know what it was. But I put the avocados in his hands and he looked at me like straight in the eyes and he said, thank you. 
and I just I just felt so good. And then when I left, he kind of gave me the hang loose sign, but he was so happy and he just kept looking at me in the eyes. And I just felt so thankful that I was able to share the avocados. And you know, a couple of people said, you could make a lot of money from that tree. You know, there's so many avocados. You know how much money you can make? And I said, my avocados aren't for that. They're for sharing. The things that God is doing in our congregation. Like, we talk about giving extravagantly, and I kind of just say that uh, it's going to take all of us giving what we have to see the kingdom come. It might be giving your time. It might be giving your avocados. It might be giving your money. Like, it's going to look different for each one of us. But I really do believe that if, if you will trust God in this area, in the area of discipline, across the board, it's not just with finances. I know I'm kind of pulling on that one today, but... God's going to do something huge through our church. I really do believe that. I was listening to um, another pastor uh, kind of talk about his, his journey to becoming a pastor. And I resonated with it a lot because um, we, we share some of the same bullet points in the story. But he said on his first day that he was told he was supposed to stand up. God told him, you're going to stand up and you're going to tell the church that you're taking over what I'm going to do in and through this church. And so can I just tell you, from the outset, I know we're only six weeks in, so I feel like we're still at the beginning. God's going to do something huge through this church. God is going to do something big enough to impact the city, this community, this county. Like, God is going to grow this because of our faithfulness, because of our discipline, to being held to the values that we have put together. See, that's what uh, the Hebrews 13.5 read earlier. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you, and I will never abandon you. Isn't it funny that he says it in conjunction with the finances, though? Isn't it funny that he, he knows the pressure points to touch with each one of us? Uh, we were talking this week uh, with Kellen and my wife and, and a couple other people. It's the only thing that God says, test me in. And why does he say test me? Like, you could look at this as like a test of like, proof of doubt. Like, do you, really, do you really trust me? Do you really believe in this? You can see it from like a negative point of view. Like, when I was in college, I hated taking tests. Hey, I was a terrible test taker. That's said for being a terrible studier. But tests were the worst because I hated them. I didn't study for them. But God says, test me in that. That means that you get to, you get to proctor the test. Are, are we doing that? Then you could also look at it as a test of proof of growth. If you give, I really do believe God will multiply it. I mean that financially. I also mean that for your time, for your talents. The things that God has uniquely qualified you to do. We want to see those things be put to use in the kingdom of God. So, what are our action steps for this week? I want you to set some goals. I want you to set some goals for reading the Bible, for resting, for praying. I'm going to challenge some of you who have been walking with the Lord a little longer than some others. 
When was the last time you fasted? You, you need to know that uh, this is something we're called to do. And, and it's, it's a little awkward because we're talking about giving them food and that's lame, but can I just tell you, like growing up, my parents modeled it for me and they, they did a really good job. I'm not just saying that because they're in the room. They, they showed us what it was to put our relationship with Christ first. And I can remember as early as about five years old, skipping breakfast, right? I'm not, they're not gonna stretch me out to five years old to miss an entire day to learn food. But sitting in the, in the living room, we were living in Lake Forest at the time, and I can remember, Dad had, had finished his prayer time in the armchair, and I came down and, and sat next to him, and we prayed together. That was my first experience of fasting. I gave up the time that I was gonna eat with, and I prayed. And so then I grew up kind of with this understanding that if you will give up food, God will hear you better. Right? So fasting is, right? I'm going to challenge that. What I have found in the last couple of years is that if you give up food and you pray, you hear God better. You'll be, there's a clarity that comes with fasting. It's funny that science is just kind of catching up and all of the big health gurus are starting to say, hey, what if we, what if we did intermittent fasting? You, you get clear thoughts. What? You guys figured the Bible out. Awesome. You're only 2,000 years late, but that's not a big deal. I think God's also challenging us. He's also calling us to set up goals for giving. So I want to challenge you. Set up a goal for giving this year. Tithing is something that we are called to do as a community of Christ followers. But the reality is, pretty much in any given church, less than 20% are tithing. And I don't want that to be the case here. It's still too early to tell. So good news, I don't know who's not doing it. <laughs> I'm coming to you saying, let's set goals to go above and beyond. You know, who, you know who are the people who are celebrated in our offices, in our day-to-day -day lives? The people who go above and beyond. You know who's celebrated in the kingdom? Those who go above and beyond. The people who are first to serve. Then I want, I want the other action step to be memorize the promises of God. Start digging into them. Start looking through scripture and write them down. What is God saying to me today? I'm going to call the worship team forward. And we're going to go back into a time of response. I want to give you some time to sit with God and have some conversations. But before we do that, I want to take up an offering. This is not a bait and switch. This is not an awkward giving message, okay? We get to give. We get to participate in the kingdom of God by giving our money. Now, some of you are going to give here today. Some of you are going to give online, and that's great. LegacyChurch.online slash give. For everybody on Facebook, there you go. I, I want this to be an exciting part of our walk with Christ. I have seen God come through in some ridiculous ways through giving. One of them, this church. This church would not exist if people did not give to the kingdom. It took sacrificing uh, Brittany and I, mom and dad, Abe and Amanda, Billy and Rachel, Clint and Lexi. I mean, our launch team began to give months before we ever launched the church, before we took our first offering. We started to sacrifice back then, and we're going to continue to sacrifice because I believe God's going to honor it. 
But we have to practice stepping into one of the promises of God right now as, as a community. We get to practice one of our values that we talked about last week. One of the disciplines that we have this week is give extravagant. And so I'm asking you right now to consider this. Consider tithing. You're only going to get to consider it for a short amount of time. Because eventually God's going to put it in your heart and you're going to realize that this is something that we're all called to. Those of you who are tithing, I'm going to ask you this. Would you stretch yourself? I believe what God is doing in and through Legacy Church will be huge. And not for the sake of more lights and, and smoke and stuff on the stage. That's not what we're about. We want to see things like this happen where avocados are given out to somebody on a Monday morning who he got to experience Jesus through avocados. That would not have happened without your giving. Because guess what? There was a church for more to come to. And we are so excited to start rolling out some more compassion ministries. When we hear about a need in our city, we want to be able to point this whole church's attention to that thing and eliminate the need. It, it's, a, it's a goal of mine, and I would say it's for our church as well. I would love it if we could, as a church, make sure that every foster home here in Tustin has a table that everybody can sit around. If we have systemic problems in this city with the family, we got to start at the dinner table. Yes, amen. Because that's where Jesus started. He, he welcomed all the table. And there's an incredible story where, where uh, one of David's offspring gets pulled to the table and, and he's crippled. But when you're at the table, everything's covered. Where it's, a, it's an equal playing field. So I want to hear about your day. I want to hear about what's going on in your life. How cool would it be if all the foster kids could sit at a table for dinner with your family? That's what we're giving towards. It's not just the Sunday morning production side of things. There is real ministry happening, and I want you guys to get involved with it. Give to it, but then where your money is, guess what? Your heart's going to be right there. You give to foster kids, your heart's going to be with them. You give to the church, your heart's going to bleed for the church. You give to what God is calling you to give to, and your heart's going to be right there where God wants you to be. So I'm going to call the ushers forward. We're going to take an offering and have a time of, of response where you get to kind of rest and, and hear what God is speaking. But I believe this. The clouds of dirt, the promises and the discipline are both yours for the taking. It's just a matter of are you willing to work for it. You need to know the promises, but you need to be disciplined. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in through this time, through these messages, God, I'm so grateful that you're speaking to us, and I pray that each person here will be challenged to follow you a little more closely, to know your promises a little bit more deeply this week. Jesus, we honor you, we praise you, we thank you for what you're doing. I pray that you bless this offering, bless this people, bless this word. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description below to give now, or you can go to LegacyChurch.online for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, take a screenshot, share it on your social stories, and tag us at Legacy Church Tustin. Thanks again for listening. God bless.